my man Lucas. How's it back? How's it feel to be back in the U.S. of A? Oh, man, well, as the listeners may or may not know, uh, the last episode we recorded, I was out of the country. I was in a place called Long Island. Long Island. No, Long Island. That's off the uh, East Coast, if I remember correctly? It's off the East Coast, the far, far United States. Um, but so far that, you know, someone like you in Texas just doesn't consider them part of the country. No, definitely not. Uh, which, you know, after after being there for a week, I kind of see your point. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was, uh, you know, it was a good trip, man. It was fun. I uh, saw the grandma and some family and ate like a real son of a bitch. I mean, if if you're not eating well in New York, man, I, when I went there, I've only gone there once, but I just wanted to get food from every street vendor I saw, man. It all smelled so good. Dude, doesn't it? Like, it's it's crazy how probably the best food in New York is not even known by more than like a hundred people. Yeah, it's like, true. It's yeah, it's nuts. It's it's you know, seeing like uh fuck that's delicious and other like food shows go to New York and realizing that they're like they're eating at an Indian restaurant behind a laundromat and you're like <laughs> like who knows that these places exist except like the people in the neighborhood or the people in the know and I feel like I've been to New York I mean a, a lot and I probably still haven't had the best that it has to offer. You know what I mean? I mean, that's just an improbable ask. There's so much food there, and it's all so good that at a point it's like, you know, so what? You know? Yeah, it's like everything I'm having is good, you know? Yeah, so, so I, what's it matter? Yeah, and honestly, probably the best, some of the best food that we got while I was there was my dad's, like, food that he cooked. It was amazing. He made, like, seafood lasagna and crawfish quesadillas and a whole brisket and all this other amazing, amazing food that I just, I just didn't stop eating. Man, what would you rate your dad's food? Man, on a scale of one to ten crackers. Yeah. <laughs> probably like eight point six 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 crackers. Wow, it's gonna take eight crackers. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take for... eight crackers for me to kick that food out of bed. Yeah. Yeah, that's our new Pretty rating good. system. If, if no one <laughs> has How heard many of crackers, the last will episodes. it take? For you to kick this uh, thing out of bed. <laughs> yeah. Like, I wouldn't, I, you know, I wouldn't kick my dad's food out of bed for eating crackers. If he ate more than 8.666 crackers, I'd have to Then give that's the kind of where it crosses the line. The old boot. Um, but, I mean, the whole time I was in New York, I was wondering, you know, uh, what the hell are we doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you are you like talking to me? Or are you talking to yourself in general? Like, um, just talking like what 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 are we doing here, Brett? Like, really? Hmm. You know, it's a good question. Uh, a lot of people believe in God, a higher power. Uh, some believe it's like kind of a matrix thing, uh, it, like a simulation. I don't believe any of that. First of all, no. What do you believe? No. I believe we're all dead already. Damn. Yeah. Wow. And it's just, you know. And when we die is when we actually wake up for the first time alive. Yeah, but we're already dead. So, oh, yeah. So I guess we're, I don't know, man. Sometimes, have you ever had that thought? 
before? Like, have you ever, you know, I have weird anxieties at times. I've never had the thought that we're all already dead. Uh, Have you ever had the thought that you might be dead and just don't know it? Yeah, I've had that a couple times. Have Uh, you? I feel like I'm the only person. (laughs) I mean, that's mainly just because I'll go to the bar and I'll try to talk to some chicks and they ignore me. I'm like, well, it, it can't be my looks or my personality. No, no, it can't be possibly that you call them chicks either. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, you broads. Yeah. You, you, you from Tennessee, because you're pretty fucking fine. Lines uh, like that, and they don't hear you? Yeah, well, it must be my how alive or dead I am is the only factor I can think of, is that they can't see me or hear me. I've, I mean, I've honestly had the thought of, like, what if I'm dead and I'm just, like, imagining everything that's happening right now? Like I got like, what if at one point, like when you almost got hit by that car or the plane almost, you know, like felt like it was going to go down or like those small moments where you're like, holy shit, I'm about to drown if I don't immediately like, you know, get a catch a a breath. And it's just like, what if in those moments you did and like the rest, all this life I've been living has been just like coma induced hallucinations. Uh, Well, then that would mean that I'm only sentient in your coma. So right. I guess I hope you don't wake up. Well, you might. I, I probably knew you before I got in a coma. Who knows? Who knows, man? Maybe I've been in a coma since I was two years old. And I'm just a tiny little baby. I mean, I assume the only reason that we haven't gotten famous as a band is because this isn't the correct reality. Right? We're in the wrong timeline. We're in the wrong timeline. Like, yeah. our band should be touring the world and you know a bunch of hit albums legends yeah. all you know all the i should be stuff. a famous actor musician right now right if i had yeah, only I gone should... up on stage at branson missouri and done my stand-up <laughs> my life would have would i would be it would all in been a mansion different with christina rather than in an apartment yeah and i should be at evo uh, in the in the finals of smash brothers melee you know? Where where did like did you not enter one like uh video game tournament and you're uh, just like, dude, not like reg- I not making that decision is why I am wh- who I am today. Man, you know, I went to a buddy's birthday party where we played Smash and it was the first time I'd heard the person use the word like the term main. Like they mm. mained Pikachu. Right. Which meant that they actually knew how to play this character and in that day, I was extremely humbled, and I think in an alternate reality, I would have taken that humiliation and turned it into vigor to practice Smash more. Uh, <laughs> but instead, we just played volleyball outside and ate hot dogs, and I forgot about it. Uh, so, yeah, so you would be a Pokemon main right now. I would. I'd definitely be, I'd be a Luigi main if I had it my way. So it's my you, favorite character. You're a Luigi man, huh? A Luigi man, yeah. Interesting. That explains a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to go into it. <laughs> you know what I mean. No, I get it. Yeah, you know and what I And I think everyone who listens gets it, too. You know what I'm getting at. That yeah. explains a lot about you. <laughs> <laughs> I, on the other hand, am... Uh, I, pro- I actually was a, a Pikachu stan for most of the time. Really? Mm-hmm. All right, so you were a stan for Pikachu. I was a stan for Peek. And I think that all we all know what that means. It means I'm electric. Well, I mean, it. 
I mean, I guess your your standness will be tested because he did say some problematic stuff about a specific uh, race that I won't get into now. Oh. But being being a stand means that you get behind the person no matter what they say, well, and you like di- you would die for them. So wait, did I miss something? Did, has Pikachu been canceled? Well, he, man, you didn't see it. Uh, he tweeted he it, it, Pikachu said he was like Pika Pikachu Pikachu right, and that's like so. I mean, I can't even. I don't even want to get into it just because my emotions get it all into a frenzy. Uh, and oh, it's, man. It, it, it hits home a little bit. I got to I got to I got to get on Urban Dictionary and look up who I've been standing for years. Like, I, I didn't know I was yeah. supporting the, you know, what the JK Rowling of, of Pokemon's. <laughs> I mean, look, you never know when you're going to find the J.K. Rowling of Pokemon, you know? Yeah, this is, now you've just created a new timeline. Of, yeah. It, now I know that, that Pokemon, or Pikachu is the J.K. Rowling of Pokemon, and I, I don't know what I believe anymore. How can we, how can we all, how can we ever know who we look up to? How, how are we all supposed to move on from that bombshell? I mean, shell? it's, it's like, it's like you go so long without any idol that's actually a good person you feel like you you're just thirsty and you're dehydrated your throat's dry and you need something you just don't know what it is yeah i I thought i finally found an idol that isn't addicted to something but you know i don't know like you need to find some h2o he's addicted to hate pikachu is we're quoting we're being quoted right now pikachu is addicted to hate i i mean i I kind of I kind of knew it from day 1, but I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, I mean, while I struggle with this life-changing news that I just learned, um I think we can at least say, "What's up, buddies?" <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to another episode of Earbuds. This, this is the least we could say. This is the least I could I say think. about this. I mean, this going through this will really help me process uh of the I mean, heartbreaking news that i just shut like i'm thunderstruck yeah from that news right but you know at least i can say that we are the earbuds we're your two buds we're two guys that listen to one album for however long it takes to just fucking suss it out man yeah and we just we figure it out together uh we had an hour and a half episode recently which i couldn't fucking believe that we did that it's been a long time since we've had something that long i'm pretty sure <laughs> Well, it, it isn't for lack of trying. It isn't for lack of trying. That's true. And I'm, I think I'm going to break it with this intro. I'm going to break that. I'm going to break that hour and a half. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Record with this intro. Um, you're just going to stall this intro for an hour and a half is wait, what you're saying? I'm just going to keep it going. I'm going to keep it going because my name is Lucas, uh, you know, 3.0 batting average Indra Cobbs. Wow. Yeah. You, not, I've been, it's not bad. Pretty good this season. Check out my stats. And uh, I'm Brett uh, 3.0 GPA. Right, which... So, uh, not I mean, You know, a little better than average, but not so much that they put me in any programs. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you, I think you stopped keeping track of your GPA after like fourth or fifth grade, right? You're oh, like, I'm going like, to end it, like, you know, leave while you're on top. I mean, yeah, I tried to do that. I tried to negotiate with my third grade teacher, Miss Mrs. Fritz, but... Mrs. Fucking uh, Fritz. 
This is Fritz, man. You add her too? Yeah, dude. Where there's stupid ass school bus that she made us ride all the time. Oh my fuck! It's like maybe I don't want to go into someone's ear canal today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did you ever ask me what I wanted to do today? Yeah. Yeah. And you don't tell us like where we're going until we're in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then you put us on TV without our consent. Yeah. My parents got so mad at me. And I was like, why? Uh, Miss Fritz is the one taking us. It's not me in charge. There's a yeah. school bus that has eyes and a mouth and an iguana or something. I th- I'm pretty sure it was an iguana. Maybe a chameleon. I don't know. It felt like a fever <laughs> dream. The whole fucking thing. I don't know. We never learned anything. We just went to places and I feared for my life the whole time. Yeah. And my parents are only really mad. Not that I was put in harm's way constantly every single time I went to school. They're only mad that we didn't get paid for all the TV. Fucking right. Ep- right. The we didn't get any over and over again for the last 30 years. But, you know, th- those child labor laws, man. Yeah. They, they, they weren't, weren't they weren't like they were today. Yeah. Now now only 14 year olds are allowed to work like back then. You know, me and Brett, we were both in third grade together. Yeah. Uh, I was held back for about four or five years. I was held forward. Yeah, Brett jumped from kindergarten to third grade. Um, so that's why we, you know, we immediately connected. I was huge. Yeah. You were tiny. You know, it, you you just kind of carried me on your shoulder whenever we were in the playground. You protect me from all the all the all the big third graders that wanted to beat me up. It's true. Uh, they beat me up instead. Yeah. And and but, but even I knew back, you could take it. I mean, back then that's where the nickname started, right? Of the we were the the pod couple of oddcasts like they started calling us that in third grade right and then we've never been able to fucking let it go it was only far later in our careers that we kind of flipped it and we're like oh there was a reason we were given this name as the odd couple of podcasts right we we flipped it and we were like oh shit we should start a podcast It, it, it all makes sense it's like destiny it's destiny and i mean because of that i mean all of that has led up to this point we're on episode 40 dude Episode 40 episode of this podcast. 40. That's what this is right now. Wow. Should be episode 42. It should be, technically, but thank God we lost two episodes due to human neglect <laughs> <laughs> and malfeasance. Because today, on episode 40, a special episode, we're finally talking about Hall & Oates, man. Their album, we've been, H2O. We've been talking about it. So long, this so is long. Both we've been of teasing our, the Hall and Oates episode. Yeah, this is both of our favorite records. We, it's our I, like we I'm, share this in common, and I knew that well, going into this. So I'm so what? excited to talk about how this is your favorite record that you've ever oh. listened to since third grade. Oh boy, Lucas, I'm I I gotta come clean. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, tell me, tell me how much like come clean about how much this record just means to you. That we share this together, you know? Lucas, I'm sorry this isn't my favorite record. Hall and o- the Christmas record that Hall & Oates released is my favorite one. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, I, 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 and I know, I know that we went to all those shows and the whole time we didn't, we plugged our ears uh, when they played anything that wasn't from H2O. Yeah, I mean, we went to the 10-year anniversary show. The 20-year anniversary show. Yeah. The 30-year anniversary show of this record. And you never once told me it wasn't your... I just assumed... I mean, oh, I didn't man. want to make you... I oh. didn't want to make you look bad oh, in boy. front of them. Oh, boy. Um, I mean, do you want to talk about H2O anyway? Like, 
I mean, I like I guess I don't think I've heard it all the way through, but I I feel like I get got the point. <laughs> all right, well I can kind of I'll guide you through the the rest of the album once you you once you clearly dropped off at one point. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um dude, this is their second highest charting record and they have 26 total albums. Is it is it their second or their first? It is their second highest album. Their second okay. most popular record that they had. It's it's certified double platinum. I mean, it that was crazy to me. I went on the Wikipedia and to see how well this album did, and it's their eleventh album. Yeah, dude. Who reaches releasing... that? Like, who gets that successful in their eleventh album that they like? They're reaching their peak. You know? and, yeah, right. And they still like even leading up to this record, like previous records. Like I was looking at one that they came out in like seventy three. And that one had like some songs that had twenty million plays on them. So they've right. been, they've had hits throughout their whole career, which is really really insane to think about because a lot of people only know maybe you know casual fans maybe know like two or three Hollow Note songs, you know. And yeah, they've right. had hit, they've been fucking churning out shitting out hits for forty <laughs> years. I mean, I don't know how these guys can stand each other at this point. Uh, maybe yeah. they don't. I don't know. But they that it's such a, a, a multi-generational career churning out stuff. They, they must it's, have changed their sound so many times, too, throughout those years. I mean, a record in 1973 versus this one that came out in 82 have got to both sound completely different. Right. And then I think they were making records until, like, 2003 or six. Yeah, I think you're right. And after that, uh, Daryl Hall like had a, a TV show on Pandora, I think it, it was. Or I, I, I remember channel. it was Daryl Hall's Garage, right? Dude, it was really cool, man. Did you ever see any episodes? No, man. I never I never tuned in at the right time, but it seemed like a pretty cool thing. I had no idea who he was for no a shit. long time. <laughs> when, when that when that show was on, you weren't sure. You're like, who who's this weird old blonde man? Yeah, I was like, I don't who why are we why do we care about this guy? And then, you know, they play a couple of their songs and I'm like, wait a second, was that was that the guy that did that? Yeah. My favorite part was that he would bring on people that he liked their music, like other musicians. Right. And then, and then he would cover their songs, but like kind of not really. Like their band would come on and play the song just for Daryl <laughs> Hall to sing over it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought and it was, was really kind of uh like a vanity project or something. I thought it was really funny. Well, I mean, I, my, I, I've had, I had a band that wanted to do like this exact thing. And I think I remember you saying something about doing something like this, uh, when we were, you know, still, still doing shows and stuff. And it, it just seems like, I mean, if you like meeting new people and if you like hearing, you know, could you imagine having the pull to just bring on your favorite artists and play with them, you know? I mean, for real. And then being some of those artists that are asked to come onto the show and realizing that, I mean, you know, you think of Hall and & Oates and it's like, you know, it's really, really good music. It's well-written music a lot of the times, but it's also really cheesy. But then you realize like, dude, these <laughs> yeah. guys are fucking legendary. So to have someone like him ask him on, to come onto his show and he's he's like, I saw the episode with, uh, with um, CeeLo... Uh, CeeLo Green. Green. 
Yeah. yeah. And he sang crazy and he sang uh, one other song off of that record. And I loved it. I was, I thought it was, you know, Daryl Hall's vocals were so much cheesier compared to CeeLo's, but I'm just like, look at, <laughs> look at CeeLo there just kind of standing and just respecting this guy so much that he's, he's just, I'm, I'm going to let you sing my fucking hit song. Yeah. Well, just what? To indulge like you're gonna... yourself. You're going to say no? Like, hey, man, can I sing your song? Uh, no, man, that's mine. Yeah, uh, who are you? Like, Daryl who? Sorry. Even, I mean, even if you don't like their music, you got to respect the legacy, right? Yeah. And there's yeah. a lot of, I, I haven't heard any record aside from this one, though I have heard, you know, other songs. So but, many songs by them, like Rich Girl and stuff. Yeah. They have, they have makes, a lot of big songs. It, it, it almost seems like they were probably one of the forerunners of like that cheesy kind of stuff, right? Like the eighties sound. Yeah, dude. I've listened to this record. It's the, this sound, especially on their more ballady songs has been parodied and satired so many times. It's, it basically is just a stereotype of the era. Yeah, and little did I know that that stereotype was hollow notes. That all yeah. of those songs throughout the years that are kind of making fun of this style or parodying this sound are it's just hollow notes. It, it's just H and O, baby. Like on the uh, on the second song, "Crime Pays," with like every instrument is some cheesy sounding like synth and like. Oh my god. It's crazy, it's, but it kind of has like a really lame, like early eighties hip hop beat in the beginning <laughs> yeah. too. And the bass throughout this whole album, I just love to hate it. It's, I mean, it's so bad. <laughs> like the tone, the tones on this record are really bad. I can, it's, it's almost like a time capsule of the era. First, absolutely. Like it's so, again, it's like you didn't realize the influence that these guys have for the good and for the bad, like they get satired and made fun of all the time. But I heard a lot of current modern music um, that I feel like could have been influenced from this record alone. Right. Yeah. Since we're kind of, we have this thing where we're diving back into the eighties and using some of those sounds in our modern music. This is definitely going to be one of those sounds that we're going to take from. Yeah, think of like a Mac DeMarco or a Boy Pablo type of bedroom pop stuff where they're using all this purposefully underproduced or kind of crappy sounding synthesizer. Yeah, lo-fi. That lo-fi, that's across this whole record. Went, and they're not even trying. Like, you know they want to sound good. Like, they want this record to sound good. Right, yeah. And it it's not like it sounds bad. It doesn't sound bad, no. But it almost sounds like a... Like, I think the second song is probably the most, not egregious, but like the best example of like all of these different instruments that the bat banat and like the the bass and the super it's cheesy plucky so cheesy and a lot of the songwriting is like a bit cheesy. All the songs are like about a girl. Dude, the right? lyrics the lyrics are real. Stupid oh yeah, on this whole record. Oh yeah, for sure. Crime pays one on one that just uses a bunch of like sports <laughs> metaphors for like and it's wanting like, to. I want to play the game. Oh, I, I don't want to play your game no more. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play the game with you, baby. It's like, what do you want? Oh my god! Uh, uh, open all night. Oh man, dude! Italian girls had some of my favorites. Dude, Italian <laughs> girls f- literally cracked me up. 
I, I, I eat so I'm much still pasta. not sure if that's a joke or not. <laughs> the, they literally have a line that he says, I eat so much pasta, so full yet so lonely. Yet so alone. <laughs> <laughs> Where my Italian girl? And he's saying like a bunch of Italian words. Baciato. Or- yeah, but I mean, I loved it. That, like throughout this whole record, just it is just slathered in the thickest layer of cheese that you could find. But there's something so charming about it that I love it. I mean, it's very genuine, right? It, yeah, dude. Like, I mean, that's to that's a, the perfect way to put it. They there is no tongue in cheekness to this record, despite how stupid and silly most of it is. <laughs> Especially the lyrics. Yeah, but I'm I'm sure after eleven albums, he kind of run out of stuff to write. <laughs> yeah, and again, this is I mean, Maneater is their biggest hit ever. And I mean, oh, eleven albums in, you wrote your biggest fucking hit ever. It's yeah, it's crazy. It's and insane. Apparently, it started off as a more reggae type song, which I would love to hear that. I. I wonder if they ever like released uh yeah, this is what it was originally kind of going to sound like. Yeah, version. alternate version. I would love to hear that. I had no idea. And, uh, oh man, I think that would sound so cool. But that's kind of cool too about their songwriting. Uh, they're quoted saying, you know, because people ask them like, dude, I mean, you wrote so many songs together with one other person. You know, how did you guys deal with like conflicts of right. not, not thinking that the song's good or whatever. And it was cool that they said that they basically, if they both disagreed on how to play something or, or the vibe or anything like that, they would just play both ways and they would pick which one of her, whichever one sounded better. They I gave feel it a like chance. That would yeah. breed more animosity than anything else though. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it sounds like they were both very honest with themselves also. Like when they heard the other guy's version and they thought it was better, it, it sounds like they were able to admit that, which I think right. is, you know, gotta be a huge reason why they don't seem like they hate each other. I was looking all over the place to see if they hate each other. <laughs> Are see they if still I can find friends? Any controversy with these guys? And there's nothing. It seems like they had a great working well, you, relationship. You just can't. You can't go this long without at least liking the other person, right? And they must have had a respect for each other at least. Yeah, I mean, you gotta like. Knowing that they're the main songwriters, uh, they had a lot of different, like they had a lot of people kind of contributing to this record. But right. as the main two songwriters, I mean, they obviously work really fucking well together. And they, I mean, Daryl has a great voice. Yeah, it's true. Great vocals. And the two songs that John sings on, I honestly, like, those were some of my favorites on the record. So I know Italian Girls was one of those. He only does what was two. the other one? He does Italian Girls and uh, At Tension. That makes sense. Right? And he has a very different voice to Daryl Hall. but And it's not as good. You know, we'll be honest. Well, It's not as quote-unquote good. Like, technically good. <laughs> but he's still... They're both great. Like, they're both great at what they do. And it's just... I mean, the way that they met is such a crazy story. How do they meet? So, they met at this... They met in Philadelphia in 1967. Okay, so like this fucking goes back, dude. And when they met, they were they were going to perform uh, for like a, a battle of the bands, basically. Uh, and so when they met, they each all were already in their own groups, like they were leading their own bands. Yeah. So they were there for a, a battle of the bands, essentially, and fucking gunfire 
started happening between two rival gangs at the oh Battle God. of the Bands in 1967. So when they were trying to escape, they both ran to the same elevator. And once they were like, they kind of started talking, you know, and they realized that they were both interested in the same music and that they were both attending the same university in Philadelphia. So they just started hanging out after that. Jeez. <laughs> and then they became roommates. What an origin story. <laughs> yeah, they became roommates. They got a bunch of apartments together, like moved from apartment to apartment. And at one of the apartments, they, it was written on their mailbox, Holland Oats. And oh, they thought, wow. wow, that's a great nickname for a band if we ever start one. And it took them another two years after that to uh, to start writing music together. And then literally three years after they started playing music, they're signed to Atlantic Records. And they released their debut wow. record. Wow. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah, they didn't even start like working seriously together until like 1970 after Oates had like left the country and came back for a little bit and everything. So it's just, I mean, that that origin story is just really crazy. Like that's I've never heard anything like that before. Dang, it's a it's a meet cute. Like, do, it, does anyone know if they were lovers? That's what I mean. That's a meet cute, man. Like, it's a weird, twisted meet cute where you guys met because you ran away from gunfire. Yeah, because of gangs. You know, I mean, that's basically how me and you met. Well, I mean, yeah, but we were the ones doing the gunfire. Yeah, we were both shooting at different groups of people. And I looked at you, I was like, hey. I was like, oh, dude, an M16. Yeah, you brought the same gun. (laughs) Oh, this is so embarrassing. Oh, my God. What are you up to later? (laughs) I was a little embarrassed. And then we were both running away together. And then we jumped on the same train car. Yeah. And and yeah, I mean, it's, it's history ever since, you know? Yeah. The rest we, is we history. We got in a car together and we flew off a cliff. Yeah, holding hands. Yeah. And then uh, we went to third grade. We just went back to class the next day. <laughs> we went back to class the next day. Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> we was... just never talked before, but, you know. No, we just, meet. we happened to be at this big event and, you know, we, there's a couple people there I didn't like, a couple people there you didn't like, you know, we don't have to get into it. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure they stepped on my shoes. That's why I was upset. And was that, when was that, like, 63 or something, 67? That was, you know what, I think it, I think it was 1967, I think it was Wait, what was happening that night? It was some stupid fucking Battle of the Bands or some shit that, you know, like, I don't remember. I just remember there was really loud music playing and someone stepped right. on my shoes. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I think, uh, I remember some blonde guy and some... I think he was black. I, I don't know. They were they were both playing <laughs> different bands. I'm not sure. Is, is John Oates black? I don't even know. Uh, I'm not even going to throw in... Can we my, examine my the race, please? <laughs> <laughs> we need to know the race ratio on each of these guys. Yeah, I, I got to know. How white is Daryl Oates and how something is John Oates? Or Daryl Hall? You know, see, I'm not, I'm not, I'm getting them mixed up. You're pairing them up now. Which one's You're like blonde? shipping them. I don't know. I'm sh- I mean, the way that they met, they need to be shipped. They got to be shipped. Yeah. Dude, another band that I heard on this record, I can't remember exactly which song specifically, but LCD Sound System. Like, I, oh, it was Crime Pays. As cheesy as that is, LCD Sound System was like all over that, that song for me. Really? Yeah, it was weird, man. And, like, and I know that these are probably just because they're using similar synth sounds or, or even like... Uh, you know, like just rhythms in general. Like a lot of the songs, if they're not ballads, they just have that really simple kind of power poppy drums going. Just really tick, tack, tack, 
dak, 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 dak. You know, just really simple stuff. But like, dude, I heard yeah. more. I heard right. morphine on this record with some of the sax yeah, stuff. I mean, yeah, and I mean that smoothness. These are these dudes are some smooth operators, man. They really are. There's some smooth motherfuckers. Like they like delayed reaction sounded like a, a virgins record to me, and I love the virgins. The virgins like brought back that really kind of. The, a mix of like a, a Tom Petty type like 80s rock and roll with more power pop stuff mixed in mm. and man delayed reaction like that was the all the vibes was on that <laughs> but I got yeah, I mean but, you know I really did get the opposite of a tone bone on this record I mean it was made in 82 yeah I don't think as as big as they were I don't think they were getting like the VIP treatment. I, I could be wrong. Right. I mean, there are records that came out around this time, like The Wall, that sound incredible compared to this. Right. But I don't think, you know, I don't think the production was such a high priority for these guys. They were they were just trying to like write some smooth songs, some, some yeah. catchy licks, some sexy choruses. Which those are all over this record, man. I mean, Hall and Notes, they produced it. So they got exactly they got it to sound exactly how they wanted to. They produced it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, uh you could have got a professional for that maybe, but That's what I mean. Fine. Like you hear it and you're like, <laughs> Okay, the production's not great on this record and it might be because the two of them did it. I mean, it's just Yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 the album starts with such a strong song that I feel like does have a very good kind of production to it. And then it does. It's some of the best on the record for sure. And then the next song is so completely different production wise. Uh, so it, I think it just confuses me for the rest of the record. Like, I don't know if the rest, you know, they, maybe they just took more time on that first song cause they saw something special in it. They, someone heard something in that maybe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Man Eater is probably one of the better produced songs, but I gotta say, honestly, I think uh, Delayed Reaction and At Tension is uh, are the probably the two best produced on the record. At Tension, I think At, At Tension has really like almost Pink Floydish level songwriting and production. I mean, yeah, it does kind of have that atmospheric guitar stuff. They. Uh... What I don't really know what instruments they play at all. Yeah, um, I mean Daryl Hall does uh, obviously lead vocals, but he does keyboards, right. synths, and guitar. And then you have John Oates that does most of the backup vocals, and then he does uh, guitar, electric piano, the Roland, and the Lin, which are both synthesizers also. So they both basically do the same thing. Right, and it definitely there's not too much guitar on this record. That like takes much forefront. Right. There's not a lot of guitar but, that stands out, right? But I don't I don't think that's such a hindrance. I just think it's, you know, interesting because I heard this was a, a definitely more synth forward album, and I wonder if it was kind of their first effort into that type of sound. Yeah, you gotta think like early eighties, right? They were probably thinking, Man, we need to write some new wave shit or we're gonna get passed up. Like this there's a lot of Elvis Costello on this record too, you know, in, in the songwriting and in the, in the tones and everything too. So they, they were definitely following trends at this point. They had to. Right. But I mean, there are some songs that have pretty solid production. Like I said, like 
I think uh, Delayed Reaction, At Tension, and Go Solo all have really good, like the last three tracks have all pretty fucking good production. And, you know, yeah. that's that's despite the fucking horrible, goddamn awful bass throughout this whole record. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? And that's their uh, basis, dude. Homeboy didn't play with anyone else, and I wonder why. T- you got to tell me. Go Solo. Uh, it sounds so much like this other song. I know that like kind of bump, 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 you know, kind of, I could not pinpoint what it was, dude, but I, I felt the same thing. I'm like, this sounds so much what I'm talking about. And like a recent song too, right? Like in the last 15 years or something like last 10 years. Oh, both feels the same way. Oh, (laughs) both feel very strongly about hollow notes. Yeah. But I was like, uh, Goodness, I couldn't pinpoint what it was, man. But it's a good song. The yeah, it's a good song. It's a good song. Like I, I gotta say, man, as cheesy as their lyrics are, and as cheesy as as uh, Hall's you know vocals are at times, this album is so catchy. A majority of these songs are really fucking catchy. I mean, that's that's what they're doing here, man. They they're they're definitely a pop band, you know. Definitely a pop band, but also a lot more uh, power pop on this record than I expected there to be. Yeah, it's it's never anything that goes too hard in the paint. No, no. But I mean, you would think like it doesn't veer 100% towards like the Elvis Costello sound, but there was a lot more of that than I expected. I thought this was going to be mostly a dance new wave record thanks to Maneater. Right. But Maneater sounds like nothing else on the record. <laughs> no, exactly. It is the only song that sounds like that on this whole Which album. Which is, uh, I don't know, maybe y'all could have uh, kept making songs like that. Let me expand it off of that a, just a little bit. Uh, but uh, it, Real quick, is it a Led Zeppelin song that I'm thinking of? There's like... <sighs> Man, I don't fucking know. Buddies, okay. buddies, if you're listening and you know what it sounds like, tell us what going go solo sounds like. Is there is a there is another song and it's on the tip of my brain and I cannot pinpoint what it is. Oh man, it I, might be Led Zeppelin, but I'd have to hear the song. God, it's so yeah. I don't know. I can't my Led get Zeppelin it off the top like of my head, but. bench isn't deep enough. You know, I I don't know a lot of their stuff. <laughs> but maybe maybe I'll come up with it and we'll edit it in right here. Yeah, uh, at this point, this this point, not point and or if moment. Not, it's gonna look. It's gonna just sound really cool. Uh, I mean, we sound really cool anyway, recording this, so we don't really have to well, worry too much about that. Yeah, by like default. Yeah, we're default cool. Like that's our base level, and you know that we are because we say we're cool. <laughs> it's we constantly reaffirm ourselves that yeah. we are in fact cool. Only yes. people who say they're cool. Are actually cool. That's the secret. That's the that's secret. what most people don't know. That's so they're not cool. Hey, buddies, we're telling you this right now. You're welcome. You're gonna get. <laughs> you go ahead. You go. Yeah. You go right on home. You go to work. You start doing that stuff. See how see how much le- your life changes. Yeah. You know how many times in job interviews I've said, "By the way, I'm really cool." <laughs> I mean, do do you know how many times Hollow Notes said this in interviews? They're like. Yeah, and this song, you know, I was in a real dark place. And oh, by the way, did I mention that we're really cool? Did I tell you how cool I am, real quick? I wrote a song I'm called Maneater. Maneater? I wrote Maneater and Crimpaz, I think was the next one. 
we we wrote Family Man. Uh, that yeah. was all us. You ever hear that song? The fucking weirdest one on the record. You ever heard Family Man? Well, you know that was a cover. Yeah, that was a cover, and I don't even know why they did it because I thought it was a very strange song. Man, I liked it. Uh, you liked it, dude. I, I think it was stupid. So like stupid. the lyrics. <laughs> I thought it was stupid. <laughs> it was stupid, but everything else about it, like I thought it was catchy. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like it, there were parts. There, it's there are some parts of this album that um, I started out as really disliking, and then as it plays out, I'm like, God damn it, it's growing on me. So you know, Family Man was one of them, but still, man, I, I couldn't really, couldn't really get into that one. Uh, honestly, like most of the songs on this record feel a little too long for me. Yeah, uh, that could very well be because they had a music philosophy where ninety eight percent of their songs had to end with a three minute long chorus where they're kind of just doing a little improv lines, you it know, just fades like, out. And they're just like doing whatever the last line was and with the backup vocals and all that. Man, it, it, it kind of got old on this record, especially ending the album this that same way. Like Go right. Solo ends with a fade out. And I'm like, what an anticlimactic way to end your record with just like, let's just keep, let's play the solo for two and a half minutes. <laughs> I mean, it definitely doesn't seem like they took too much effort to like make an order for this album it can, no. it just kind of seems like uh we had 10 songs and we're gonna all put it on this thing right exactly uh but you know again i don't necessarily have any uh issues with the order of songs or anything i just think, i mean yeah no yeah uh yeah man well shit you know before we get into uh our favorite songs like i think I just want to call out too that most of the guys on this record that played with them are pretty legit session players. They had a pretty good band on this record. They have guys that played with like Peter Gabriel and Foreigner. They had oh wow yeah they had the guy who um, oh man what's this the the guitarist what's his name um, G E Smith that was like the guitarist for Saturday Night Live for like thirty years. <laughs> He played guitar well, right. on this. I mean, you you have uh, the dude who played sax, which was like interestingly enough, he only like I thought he only played sax on Hollow Notes because it's the only associated act that he's listed on. But then he ended up playing with Mick Jagger and Tina Turner. And so, oh, so it's just well, like, all right, yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, they got a lot of big players on this record, and and you know, despite the tones being pretty, just tr- dirty brown water trash on the whole album, all the musicianship is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, they do their parts. It's it's not like there's anything that no, a $50 session musician couldn't do, you know? They're not blowing your mind, but they're all in the pocket. They're all doing their fucking jobs. Yeah, it's you true. You can, it's not something you're going to complain about. No, I ain't, you know, it'd probably be maybe two or three crackers before I kick it out of bed. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's nothing to sneeze at, but it's it's nothing crazy. It's nothing, yeah, I'm not going to also blow my nose at it either. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, dude, let's get into it, man. Which, uh, what's, your, what's your choice, Nugs? It is time, it is time, it is time for Choice Nugs. It is time, it is time, it is time for Choice Nugs. Well, listen, I, I, might, I might be basic, 
I might be going with the flow. I might be a little sheep, but Maneater's got to be my first choice nug. I don't blame you at all for that, man. It was it broke my heart not making it one of mine. Was it close? So close. You have no. You you don't even know. I don't even know. You don't even fucking know, man. Let's let's just yeah. It's it's a classic. It's a classic. It it really is, is one of the better sounding songs on the record production wise. Except it's the one bass. of the most. Well, sure. Oh but. my god, that bass. That but. sounds like a Walmart fucking Bluetooth speaker. <laughs> Ugh, the worst, like, bouncy, punchy, lame bass. Yeah, you can almost hear, like, the clicks of the fingers. Exactly. Like, hitting the fretboard. It sounds really cheap. But, I mean, it's such a catchy song through and through. The verse is nearly as catchy as the chorus. Right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that. Watching and waiting. Like, so catchy. And then... Yeah, and it's... it's An interesting... It's it's a song where it doesn't feel like it needs to escalate very much, right? Like, the music doesn't change too much when the chorus comes in, but it's... They just had confidence that what they wrote with the vocals could just carry it you know i mean that's like that's like a you know that that really is like a once in a lifetime song it's it's so catchy when once they had the melody for that you you know they they knew oh, what yeah. they had there the like you said like the verses are just as catchy as the chorus and they both can stand alone right and the song sure. is just so easy to dance to because it's the same consistent beat the whole time the only thing that changes is like you know when they go major key for the bridge and right. even then it's still a to but that to cut to cut yeah like the synthesizer like you said like some of the best production on the record the synths on this song are just so juicy i i love how uh god i don't know the best word for it but i love how the guitar it's just nice clean it's yep. it's sharp it's i don't know it's not something you hear on any other song on the record Right. Yeah. It's, um, and it's surprisingly like I thought it was, uh, about a woman, just like you could think pretty much every song on this record is about a woman, but apparently it's about New York city. Okay. No, you know, the foreign country I was just in. (laughs) Right. Just not, not two days ago. Did you kind of understand the song better when you were just having been there? Man, I I was walking around the city and I was just like, here she comes. (laughs) She, here she comes. She's going to chew me up. I looked at Christina and I poked her with my elbow and I go, she's a man eater. Man. This city? You know, (laughs) this city, this one right here. She spits. She just feeds and breeds. You can say the song is about whatever you want, but the lyrics, it's just about a girl. That's Uh, my, that's my little hot take on it. You know, it is a great way to, you know, it's a, it's a great analogy or metaphor or whatever. It's it's an easy one. But if you didn't hear him say that, would you have ever thought it? No, not at all. I mean, there's no there's so many songs though that are about drugs and stuff that I don't realize that are about drugs because they talk about it like as a woman. Right. So why can't New York City be a woman, Brett? Why why <sighs> you got to assume New York City's gender? <laughs> okay. All right. Real cool, dude. You call yourself progressive. Uh, can we talk about that little sax break? 
Uh, can we talk about how saxophone is probably my favorite instrument now? Like every time I, <laughs> it's, I mean, you can see the progression throughout this podcast. Yeah. Like um, what well, it's, it really is my favorite. There's something that it does to my brain. It's my favorite instrument. It's just, it has a nice range. It, it never sounds shrill or anything, but it's, it like gets in that register and it just makes you feel all sexy or cool or yeah, like dude. intense. Cause they do a lot of stuff on the Mars Volta with sax. That's crazy. Really crazy. It's versatile. Yeah. You know? I mean, I've, you know, hearing sax on like dub side of the moon also, I think was huge for me because, uh, they put a wah pedal on a saxophone. I never heard that before. Mm, yeah, so for it's, sure. Man, it's really like, you know, it's versatile, but man, I just love it. Yeah. And on this record or on this album, the song, what are we talking about? It's so good. <laughs> Man eater. Yeah. It's yeah. So or whatever. Good. Or whatever. You know? I, what are we talking about? <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're talking about Led Zeppelin. Is that? Yeah. Their song Manator. Manator. Yeah. Manator. Dire Manator. <laughs> that sounds like a fucking Ramstein song. <laughs> I was listening to them for the first time the other day in a long time, dude. You ever? You, uh, did you ever like them? Did you ever get into them? Who? Ramstein. Uh, I only ever heard Duhast. You're not a Ramstein stan. No, I'm not a Ramstein. <laughs> I'm not a Stanstein. You Stanstein? That's a, that's a shame. <laughs> uh, I guess maybe you know, someday. Yeah, I guess we should just get back to our fucking choice nugs because you don't, you can't go into a ten minute. R- rant about Ramstein with me. Yeah. Sorry, bud. <laughs> yeah. Well, then I'll go with my first choice nug, which it fucking bounced around, dude. It bounced around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you, know, it, you never had like one solid, like, I know this is going to be the one I did the first, maybe two times I listened to the record. And by the last listen through, it was, it changed completely. Like I got a way deeper appreciation for the later tracks on the record. Mm. And one of them, I, it was, again, it was hard, man. It was hard for me to pick. Uh, cause I really liked the last four songs a lot. And, uh, the first one's got to be delayed reaction. Yep. You were talking about that one a lot. It was the most power poppy of the songs on the whole record. And it's so catchy. And I love the guitar, everything about it, man. I love this song. Yeah, it it sounds good. I like the the back of it delay reaction. Yeah, and just when it finally like bursts open and you have that group vocals, a delayed reaction, no no, like yeah, so right. catchy. And I just want to be like in a leather jacket, just dancing, <laughs> you know, doing that white guy dance from the eighties. Right. Yeah, I want to do that to this whole song, and it's it's funny because. I used to hate how, like, the beginning rhythm in the intro. Really? I didn't like the weird count that it had. I just didn't, it, it like, you know, it was messing with my ear at first. It, it catches you off guard a little bit. Yeah, and I couldn't, like, make sense of it. And so until the song played out, and the more and more I heard the song, and then I understood the rhythm, and it just started, it, it's, it really, like, made the song for me. Yeah, it, it's kind of cool how it it starts to make sense the more you listen to it. Yeah, for sure. And they don't play around with rhythms a lot on the record. 
Uh, no. it's, a lot of it is 4-4, you know, so to have something that I still like listen to this song a bunch of times. I can't figure out what the, what the count is. Uh, I mean, it sounds like it's, it's kind of varying between like six and five. Maybe. That's what I thought. Yeah. Until like maybe the chorus. Like that's kind of strange for a, a power pop song to have such a strange count like that. It's uh, it kind of made it for me. Yeah, and it really doesn't feel like an odd time. Uh, well, it 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 feels like an odd time. It does, but it's fucking weird. You can mistake it for four or four, I think. Yeah, it's just that little hiccup every time that you're just kind of it's yeah, it's like, like oh maybe they messed up. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they just messed up the same way every time. Yeah, yeah, and they just were like, dude, we should keep that. <laughs> I've done that before with riffs where like I play it once one way and then i can never play that way again and i'm just like right. damn it like it always sucks when i'm just like whoa that was really cool and the second i pick up my guitar to play it again it's gone <laughs> well it's gone but like the wind thank god it didn't happen with your late reaction because yeah that's that was a that that one bounced from a man eater to delayed reaction wow yeah that was I, the exchange I, there i i wasn't sure if you were going to do man eater because i you've the first time I heard Maneater was when that commercial came out about like the Google chat or whatever. Uh, okay. And so I had not heard it very often, Right. but I can imagine if you grew up in that era, you'd be like, Oh my God, turn that song off. Dude. There are some, there are plenty of songs that I would put on a playlist of songs that no one ever has to hear again, but <laughs> that is not one of them. That's, that's a song that I don't know if I'll ever tire of it. I wouldn't know. I guess we'll we'll have to wait and see. It's a classic. A classic. It's a classic. Well, uh, dude, I mean, can I go ahead and go with my second one? Yeah, go ahead. It it bounced around again too, man, because it was almost Italian girls. Really? Yes, I love oh, that song. Man. <laughs> Look at this guy. Look at this beluga. The <laughs> Look at this brioche bun over I'm, here. I'm a little, yeah, I'm a magoo. I'm being a magoo yeah, right a little, now. A little badoo. Yeah, a bafangoo. <laughs> but Italian Girls is great. It's definitely an honorable mention for me. But for it's uh, for like my actual other choice nug, it follows the the trend that we're seeing that it was the one right after Delayed Reaction. At it's tension. at tension? It's at tension, dude. Oh, man. That song really grew on me. It, really uh, it has yet to grow on me. Ah, uh, you don't like it at all? I no, not really. Oh, wow. I mean, it is the standout song on the record that it like really sounds like nothing else on the album. Yeah, and it's it, one of the very few songs that unless I'm mistaken isn't just about like a girl. Uh, I thought it was. <laughs> it could be. It yeah. could very well be. Yeah. Uh, it's uh but man you, you know there the things that made me like it so much was not just i mean it's the longest song on the record which i'm surprised i like it you know i'm, I'm surprised it's one of my favorites it's i mean over yeah six that minutes. was that's one of my kind of holdbacks with this is that it is six minutes long yeah and i it, feel like it does not need to be that long it doesn't need to be that long but it is like a oddly psychedelic song um like i said before it was very pink floydish to me at, at some points yeah they definitely use those delayed uh vocals yeah for sure and have this kind of almost minimal sound to it for a bit of the song it's very open 
sounding very which, open yeah adds to like a weird spaciness to it or something and i actually thought that the tones and the production on the song were really good like i thought the guitar sounded great and the bass and the drums like i like the electric drums the whole time it has a cool rhythm you know um and john oates like he fucking brought it with the vocals on this one dude <laughs> i liked it i liked it a lot and yeah. it, it was a it was dude i'm also surprised like it is a weird second choice snug <laughs> for me. Like I I recognize that because it, it's just kind of it's very different from everything else on the album. And it did take several listens for me to just start weirdly liking the more deep cuts on this record. Yeah, I mean yeah. It, you can definitely you can definitely tell they do put time and effort into each of these songs, right? Yeah, none of these seem like just thrown together at all. Uh, but yeah, this one definitely has a different feel to it. Kind of a slow, uh, it's slightly funky groove to it. Yeah, for sure. Especially when that kind of guitar comes in on the second verse. Dude, it's like, I felt like it was one of the songs on the record that actually built up too. like, they Mm. didn't, they didn't just do everything right off the bat. You know, um, I think this one and, and, um, Maneater are both like good examples, or the one is two of the only examples on the record where the song actually kind of builds up as it goes. Yeah, I I think uh, Ghost Solo does that as well. It does for sure, and that might be about it. That might be about <laughs> it. Yeah, every other song is pretty like steady throughout the whole thing, um, for better or for worse. You know, and what, what was I your? Mean, wait, what my what me? I mean, what do you? Who me? How do, how do you? What me? Uh, what was your uh, what was your thing? What was your second thing? You gotta be more specific. I I couldn't possibly know what you're talking about. Give I don't know. What are they calling it? They're saying they're talking about it on TikTok. Some like a choice, a choice mug, a choice tug. I think a choice mug is yeah. gonna be our first line of merch. <laughs> a choice mug. That's a great idea. And we'll be it will sell two, to me and you. Yeah, to both of us. Yeah, to, to the hosts. <laughs> and I'll have to buy some for my friends because yeah. I'm very proud of them. But we'll at least get to uh, expense our own mugs. And, you know, yeah. we'll get tax breaks. <laughs> at least. But yeah, I mean, at least that'll help. Yeah, we'll say, and on, the, and on my choice mug, I'm going to say, what's your second choice mug, dude? Man. That's what my uh, mug's going to say. You're not going to like this. Oh, boy. It was between Ghost Solo which I initially was kind of hoping would be about Hall and Oates. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, it might be. They could be like, oh, it's about us, but it's about a girl. You know, whatever. Yeah, why don't you just fucking go solo then? Just go solo. But I'm telling you, it's Family Man. Oh, what? Yep. Yep. Dude, that is got to be some of the weirder or weirdest songwriting and riffage on the whole album. Well, I don't know. I haven't heard the original song, but maybe that's why I like it is because it is a little bit different. I I really like the vocals on it. Mm. You know, yeah. they have these weird effects on the guitar. Like the guitar is weirdly crunchy, but the synth is very kind of ploppy. I don't know if that's it's, a good term. Yeah, dude. I think it's like, you know, some of the worst production on the record for me. Oh man, I love it, dude. That that guitar tone when it finally like that lead part that comes in that's just really screechy. 
I love it. You don't like that at all? It like made my brain melt in a bad way. Well, it's because this whole time they're lulling you in to their smooth and groovy vibes. Sure. Then suddenly they pull put a they pull a fast one on you. Yeah. Well, so you we're actually gonna, we're gonna shock you a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm a little thunderstruck that you actually like the tones on this song. I do. Uh, the lyrics are trash. Just, tr- just yeah. Which is I in, in, in on the genius. It said that in an interview they chose this song partially because of the lyrics that he thought the lyrics were interesting. They stood out. Which is like I've never been in a situation where I've been in a relationship and I've been tempted by like another person or anything. <laughs> right. Like, but this, like, if you push me too far, I might, I might, but I'm a family man, but I might, oh, but I'm, you know, and it's like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. And then like the, oh my God, I love the, the shark movie, like, like, oh man, it's just so like, cheesy spy music yep you know from sure the 70s is. or 80s or whatever they they have a lot of holdover from their 70s stuff on this album and i think family man is like kind of a one of those holdovers a little bit <laughs> well i guess i wouldn't know like one, uh, like you know one-on-one sounded a little dated to me um same with like open all night you know just right. songs like that i was just like man these sound like 70s like late 70s soft rock songs i'm like <laughs> in not a good way uh, but they do, do you not like the solo at all on this song? The guitar no, solo? No, I don't oh, like, I, man. dude, there was nothing I liked about the song. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Like I hate the bass riff. Your taste is worse than your bite, man. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, judge me if you will. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't need your f- fucking pity. I mean, I, I was kind of hot. I was kind of bashing you on at tension. So I think this is fine. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny, man. Um, you know, we've been doing like, what's our least favorite song on the record and mine's family, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's fine. Uh, that's your opinion, I guess. I think it's funny because I think yours is at tension. <laughs> no. I mean, uh, okay. I think if we were going solely like, Italian girls gave me a lot of joy and not for the reason that it was supposed to. Right. Uh, but I would say uh, if crime pays wasn't so catchy, it would probably be that one. It's so catchy though. Um, catchy as fuck. And the bridge is trippy, like really trippy on the, on the, on crime pays. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, jeez. Can you pick a least favorite? Did you like it that much? <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> if I really tried. Uh, I'm just going to say open all night. Okay. Just because yeah. it was kind of a flyby for me. Uh, nothing really stood out. I don't, I don't think any song on here is bad. But I'm sure you could find a song like this on any other record in this era. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, there were some songs that like didn't either. They were 
really original when they came out or they really weren't. I can't figure. I don't know. <laughs> we, we weren't there. Yeah. I'm not enough know? of a historian to know like how groundbreaking some of these like sounds that they were going for were. Cause to me it's, they're really played out. Um, right. But man, yeah. You know, family man is my least favorite. Uh, but overall I kind of really like this record. Yeah. I was worried because there's not a lot of song, there aren't a lot of music from the '80s that I enjoy. Really, I like a lot of '80s music. Well, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just stereotyping it in my mind. It's like because the first thing I think of is like Def Leppard. Oh right, I can't stand that shit. I'm more about like the dance, new wave stuff, or post punk, you know, Duran Duran type shit. <laughs> uh, but. You know, this this album was enjoyable. There were a couple songs that I am going to listen to later. I wouldn't say it's... I, I probably won't listen to too much Hollow Notes after this. Okay. You know? Yeah. But it wasn't a bad experience either. So, uh, with that said, what's your rating? What is your rating? I'm going to give this thing a 6.333. A 6.333. You know, honestly, at first, I was going to give it the same. Really? But it grew on me like a, like a fungus. Like a virus. Like a virus. It just spread over. It was a skin virus. I was getting like flaky listening to this record. <laughs> but in like a good way. And it really did a grow good on flaky. me. It was a good flaky. Like yeah, yeah, like I look, I like look, a I exfoliated like myself, like a nice uh, cheesecake or a pizza. Yeah, think of like a, the skin on top of the pudding in like the cafeteria. Right. Yeah. Think, <laughs> think good. that specifically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that was my experience listening to this, and it really, really did grow on me. Like I, I got a more and more appreciation for how catchy all the songs are and how great their courses are and most of their verses, like how just so catchy everything is. Yeah. It, it their melodies me, are next level. It made me want for how they do the backup vocals on this whole album. Yeah. It made me kind of want for, like, I wish that stuff was a bit more present in today's music. Yes. Yeah. Like they, they did it really well and like in a, it's very cheesy, but it's just so fun. And uh, so, uh, you know, I think this is going to end up being like a like a 7.4 for me. Wow. All right. Bumped it up uh, like a whole point. Yeah. 7.444. Okay. All right. Thank you. Yeah. I got to stay I gotta consistent sh- here. I got to keep our shtick going that you <laughs> fucking demand is included in every episode. I really wish That's it would all stop. you. It's all I you. Just beg constantly, for it to end. You text me right before we start recording and go, "Hey, dude, don't forget to do a I'm point a, something something something." Hey, man, time. can you do the the point six 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 thing again? I don't think yeah. that joke's ever gonna spoil. No. I say, yeah, that's what you say. Yeah. So we all know who to blame now. Yeah. It, sorry, sorry, buds. It's all on me. Well, shit, man. Uh, I'm really happy we listened to that album. Yeah, it was a nice, you know, we don't listen to too many albums before the 90s. 
We haven't yet. Or even in the 90s. Yeah, we haven't yet. But, you know, it was a nice surprise. Like, I when I chose it, I only saw Maneater was on it, and I assumed that there was a bunch of other songs that I'd heard by them on the same record, because I thought, oh, all their biggest songs must be from this album, because Maneater's on it. And then I took yeah, a but- closer look, and... Uh, I got a little concerned because I was like, I don't know the, any of these other songs. No, not so. I didn't recognize a single other. Not oh, I one. thought maybe one by one, maybe. Uh, I didn't know any of them. But yeah, I mean, I I really only know the hits. You make my dreams come true. <laughs> Another yeah. stellar pop song, in my opinion. Um, pro- one of the best. Like again, a classic. They have a lot of classics. Yeah. Um, so, you know, buddies. Thanks so much for listening, man. I hope you guys enjoyed this album as much as we did. Uh, hopefully you didn't listen to it multiple times like we did. because There's no need for that. No, there really isn't any need, even though it legitimately grew on me. By the, it, can, it can grow on you, it or can. it could fester and rot on you. Yeah, yeah, you can get a different type of virus from it. <laughs> but, uh, you know... Thanks for listening. Uh, you know, Instagram, uh, John Luke Guitard, uh, uh, Brett Hanrahan, uh, you know, YouTube. You, you know, Lucas, I've been thinking. What? What? Uh, what? This, this outro is so played. It's I feel so, like, like uh, just, uh, I feel like we need to hire a hype man to do it for us. I just, yeah, like, uh, do you know, do you know any DJs? I mean... Yeah, like most of the people I know are DJs, but oh, any I, any I, that I, I would let on this podcast or within ten feet of my home, uh, maybe not so. Yeah, DJs are a shady, a shady folk. They're a shady bunch. Yeah, uh, it, well, it's hard to trust them. You know, maybe for the next episode we'll hire, a, we'll find a DJ we're not scared of. You know, like for now, youtubecom podcast, You know, uh, Twitch. Every now and then we go live on. Fridays <laughs> to uh, to talk about an album that comes out that day. There just haven't been any records that we've been that fucking interested in, to be honest. So we haven't well, done it. Yeah, and uh, I mean, look, uh, I would say I don't think too peop- too many people have noticed our absence as of late. I don't think so. So either. no no I harm no foul. Think you know the only person noticing is me that sees our play numbers going down, trending <laughs> trending downwards. <laughs> <laughs> we're going from 50 to 40 it's yeah it's it's starting to starting to get to me buddy so tell your friends about this podcast tell everyone you know about this podcast we appeal to all demographics tell everyone you know tell everyone you don't know tell everyone you love tell everyone you hate make some new friends by introducing them into this podcast make a human fucking connection for once <laughs> This, you know what? I've been talking to this internet generation, man. They're not even talking to each other anymore. They're no one answers text, the phone. They're texting their emojis. Yeah, their no. LOLs. No one, no one, no one calls anybody anymore. No one calls anybody anymore. No one calls me anymore. <laughs> no one. I, I will never call you. Please don't. I only want to be friends on this podcast. Yeah. So, with that said, thanks again, buddies, for listening, Brett. What would you rate this episode? You know what? I'm going to rate this episode a 6.565. I really don't understand the way you you've been rating things lately, but uh, I'm going to I'm going to give it a 7.444. Okay. Well, yeah. all right. At least you're consistent. Yeah. And Brett was this What? Good? 
Lucas, this was good. All right. Bye, buddies. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And a three, and a two, and a one.